Good day, good afternoon, good evening, everyone. Um, welcome to another edition of TechVines, episode number seven. Uh, I am joined today by my fellow wine and tech compatriots, Melissa Gurney Green, Hello. and Scott Delandy, who I just caught mid drink. Sorry, <laughs> I was I was wetting my whistle. That's my bad, my bad on that. I wasn't prepping that. Um, as usual, we're covering, covering all different parts of the country, from the East Coast to the Midwest to the West Coast. Um, and we're going to have a good time today talking a little bit about wine, drinking some wine as well, and talking a bit about tech. Indeed. Um, can't wait. Yeah. I'm the host for tonight's episode. As you know, we rotate hosts. And the topics and wines I have chosen for tonight are outdoor technologies, not to be confused with exercise technologies, because we sort of covered those a little bit last episode. So this is other types of outdoor technologies. And then for wines, keeping with the outdoor theme, given that it's summer now, the weather's heating up, we're going to do a great outdoor wine, rosé. Um, yes. So um, before we start, um, you know, actually, let me throw a question out to the, to the group, right? Um, who knows how rosé is made? Up until 20 minutes ago, I did not know. <laughs> but there's this wonderful machine where you can ask it questions, and it will come back, and it will give you information. So I kind of cheated, but I did not know, and I'm still I, – I'm, I'm curious to see if what I read is actually what you're going to tell me. Yeah, so the way in which you make a true rosé is you take a red-skinned grape, and you treat it like a, a white grape. So the different, you know, when, when you make red wine, you, before you start to ferment it, you macerate it on the skins, you let it sit so that color soaks out. Um, and that get that's what gives you that red um, flavor. You get the tannins because it also sits on some of the stems and some of the, the seeds and stuff sits in there for several days. And those absorb into the juice and give the juice its color, et cetera. Um, White wine, you actually keep on the skins as little as possible. They press them almost immediately after they pick them, within 24 hours. Um, and so that's what they do with the rosé. They take a red grape and they press it immediately. And so you just get a little bit hint of that color that comes from the skin and comes from the grape itself. And you don't allow it that time to absorb. So why is it such a good summer wine? Um, I, I don't know. I mean, for me, it's, you know, whites are better for me in summer and hot weather. That's just the way I like them. Yes. Um, I tend to like rosé because in the summer, because it's a, it's got a little more body than, than a tradition, than most of the whites out there. I know you love your, your Pinot Grigio, Scott, but you know, yes. it's a little too weak for me. Um, you know, and it's a little different. It's an excuse to do something, um, you know, different with the wine palette. To me, it's like a hybrid, right? If you close yeah. your eyes and you drank it, it would be just like you were drinking, uh, you know, a red wine. Uh, I'm sorry, a white wine. Um, not too, not too, you know, yeah. not a lot of um, fruitiness to it, like a, you know, yeah. like the heavy red wines. So that's why it reminds me of a of a white. But when you look at it, you have that kind of pinkish hue, which is which is nice. So I kind of like the color. Yeah. And the, the true history that I've been told is that um, given that we're all techies and I, I love the history of tech in general and winemaking tech included, is that all red wines originally started out as rosé because the technology to macerate wasn't invented until around 200 years ago. <laughs> um, so the, the fact that they, they actually couldn't press and crush them enough to get enough color out of the skins originally. So, so yeah. So we're going old school tonight. 
So we're going old school. Yep, we're going back, like back to, to the original red, OG red tonight. The OG red. All right, there, there we go. There's the, there's the, the title for this episode. The gang goes OG. Oh no, I, I, I was going for where the gang, where the, the one where Scott loses his virginity. <laughs> Melissa, before you got on, Scott confessed to me that that this is the first time he's had rosé. Yes. Yes. I think so. I don't. I let's put it this way. I can't ever remember walking into any place and saying, "Yes, I'll try the rosé." So that's why I, I kind of went with this. So I had to do a little bit of research um, to decide what to go with for for tonight. And just looking, you know, there were there were kind of two paths I was going to go. I could have gone with a kind of a, a, a French um, um, bottle or uh, something from France, or I could do something from the West Coast. And, California. So I was on I was on the edge, but I I found a um, a, a Californian wine from uh, from Sonoma, and I I'll admit to you guys the reason that I was attracted to it was because of the label. It had a really cool label on it, and I looked at it and I did a quick search on it and said, okay, this looks reasonable, so so I'll try it. And then in doing my show prep for this evening, I did a little bit of uh, additional research and the um. Uh, the, the winery is Eric Kent, and they're Sonoma Coast, and this is a blend. It's, uh, it's uh, mostly uh, a Pinot Noir with a little bit of Syrah and a little bit of uh, Grenache. Um, so it's got a nice, really nice flavor to it, but with the label, so as I looked at the, um, the bottler for this, um, what they do on, on this particular um, winery is they have different artists create the labels. So this is the uh, the Len- the Yelena James label, um, which is a really cool label. It has kind of this like sort of gardeny butterfly sea kind of thing. So it looked kind of cool, and it was within the right price range. And, and again, I thought it would be decent, and it turned out to be um, more than okay, more than okay. So I'm pretty happy with with uh, this evening's selection. Cool. And Melissa, I have this little. Bottega Oro-Rosa with this fancy shiny pink bottle here. Um, I typically save rosés, oddly enough, for for like Thanksgiving. Really? <laughs> yeah, I don't like whites at all, so turkey and rosé. Mm-hmm. <laughs> says... Actually, I shouldn't say I don't like whites at all. I don't get whites at home. So I'll, I'll drink whites when I'm out, when I'm with somebody I trust that knows their stuff. And, and I love them, <laughs> but um, when I'm at home, I, I tend to stick to reds. So, so yeah, rosé for, for Thanksgiving. That's my, my thing. But I've never done it in the summer, so this is a first for me too. Oh, cool. No, it goes well with the heat, I think. It's just nice and refreshing. Yeah. I agree. I agree. This is delightful. And from Italy, so mm-hmm. yay. Oh, nice. Well, I am, I am going to go to the other and probably, again, the OG um, rosé, at least, um, producing one of the OG rosé producing regions. I'm going to go to Provence um, in France, um, but I'm also going to, I'm also not going to be so highbrow because the wine I selected was actually the Vanderpump rosé. Um, I don't know if you folks are familiar with Lisa Vanderpump. Yes, indeed. <laughs> one of the real housewives of LA. Nice. Um, um, she owns several restaurants in LA um, in, or in West Hollywood. And she, uh, through her show, she has um, decided to import and bottle, or, or bottle and import and brand, or at least brand, who knows what else she's doing, um, her own rosé. Um, but it is actually a really nice, crisp, dry rosé. 
Um, I tried it on a lark just because I just wanted to see what it was, and it's actually pretty damn good. Um, but again, you know, I shouldn't be surprised because she's a restaurateur, and you know, you know, so she's not going to serve crap um, in her restaurants. Um, but um, you know, and it has. I looked it up, and it has um, Grenache and Syrah, um, which are relatively common in Provence. But it also has a grape I'd never heard of called Sinsalt which is uh, apparently relatively unique to Provence or um, uh, tolerates the acid soil there well, apparently. Um, but um, I'd, I'd never heard of it, um, though maybe I did have some when I was there, but I also had a concussion and was, was on painkilling <laughs> meds when I was there after my bike accident. So who, who the hell knows what I was self-medicating with in, in July in Provence. Um, but yeah, no, I highly recommend it. Um, you know, it's it's Good, it's great quality. It's a really good example of of a of a French Provence uh, rosé. So, you know, it's an easy go to, um, you know, and and it rewards some someone for being entrepreneurial. So I like that as well. Fun. Any any like flavor notes to to speak of? Um, it's 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 got a bit of crisp acidity to it. Um, it's also somewhat dr on the drier side, as I mentioned. Um, let me taste it again. Um, I actually thought about this earlier. I didn't write them down. Um, it's got what? What? Actually, one of the reasons why I like it is it's got slight hints of pepper in it. Um, so it's you know it's not it's a little slight slight. There's hints that you know. So it's a little spicy for a rosé, which I like. Um, you know, and then some you know some other sort of more um, what are called drier fruits. Um, I think traditionally when I learned to do wine, wine tasting. Um, the only one that I can sort of associate with this aroma is currant, um, red currant, um, which you don't get much in the U.S. So most U.S. people don't know what currants taste like, um, because do you know currants were banned in the U.S. for many, many years? The, the, the growing of currants were banned in the U.S. because apparently they're prone to some disease that spreads to other cash crops. And so they were banned. Um, so now um, the federal ban is gone and there's some, still a few statewide bans in effect. Um, but yeah, so... Um, if you've been in Europe and you've had red or black currants, um, this sort of is a red currant-y, you know, you know, slightly jammy but not sweet uh, approach to it. I guess is the way we describe it. Uh, yeah, and then a little bit of um, a little bit of a, a strawberry hint, like any good rosé or or as well. So I really like it. Nice. Mm -hmm. um, and the other interesting fact about there was a great article last year about rosé. Um, this is where I almost didn't choose this wine tonight. Um, Apparently, rosé, at least last year, was in huge vogue. Um, it was sort of the it wine. It probably why you know Lisa and others picked up on it and decided to push it. Um, but there's a great article in the New York Times, I think, um, and it was about the the um, sommeliers in New York City who were being pressured and bribed to choose rosés from various uh, from various wineries across the country. Um, you know, it's like, it's like, you know, you know, like how much you could get paid just to put that um, rosé on the menu. So um, it was a hot, trendy wine. So we're it being trendy today. It kind of is. Like yeah. you see t-shirts everywhere, rosé all day. And, oh. You know, it's it's kind of the um, moniker for, for the basic, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah, it is. It is a bit basic B. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Scott, do you know what that is? So say that again. It's a oh, no. a, a basic B. A basic B. Yeah. I'm a basic, I'm, a basic I'm bitch. Oh yeah, no. no. <laughs> not, Basi sorry, I'm not. I'm, I'm not familiar with that term. Basic. <laughs> Melissa, what is a basic bitch? Let's it, educate our audience. It's kind of the, 
that that standard issue, you know, you've got your yoga pants, you've got your rosé. Oh, all right. It's, it's 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 what you would consider a generalization of yeah. 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 <laughs> sort of yeah. Your basic bitch gets white girl drunk. Okay. Yes. <laughs> yes. On rosé. On rosé. Okay. Yeah, yeah. She's yeah. she's not quite a Karen, right? She's a little below a Karen. Right, right. She's more fun than a yeah, Karen. Yeah, she's more fun than a Karen. Yeah, she's a basic, yeah. <laughs> but, um, cool. Um, okay, so enough about the wine for now. We'll get back to that a little later, um, and your basic bitches. Uh, that can also be the title of this episode, Scott, the one with the basic bitches. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not tweeting that. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, Scott, where's your sense of adventure? I'm not, no, I'm not tweeting that. Um, so we were going to talk about outdoor tech. Um, Melissa, says. Scott went first last time. Let's go with you. What's your outdoor first outdoor tech topic? So I went with an app this time, um, oh. one that, that I use on occasion called The Dirt, and it's D-Y-R-T. And one of the problems I face here, at least in Seattle, is that people love to be outdoors. People love to camp. People people love to do all these things, right? So a lot of times the, the popular camping grounds will, will sell out pretty quick, right? And they'll be kind of booked out for over a year. So what do you do when you just want to have a random weekend with somebody and spontaneously go camping? Um, well, this app will tell you all of the locations around that have available campsites, including available campsites that are first come, first serve. So I'm not sure how they do the first come, first serve. I imagine there's some kind of people reporting on that. But... Um, but it's cool because then I can figure out where I want to go and read reviews and everything. And it's, it's a super cool little app for, for kind of getting everybody out and off the grid for a little bit. Awesome. Have you, you used it? Have you used it? <laughs> yes, I've used it to, <laughs> to find campsites. So, <laughs> so pretty exciting stuff. I think last year we went to a campground in Cougar using the app. So, and repeat for our audience, the name of the app again. The dirt. It's D Y R T. D Y R T. There we go. Yeah. Yes. Uh, no, I'll have to check it out. Actually, before you got on tonight, um, Scott and I were talking a little bit about get, what we're doing to sort of get out now, and camping is sort of potentially on the list. And one of the reasons I didn't actually was because the first two places I looked were all booked up, and I gave up. <laughs> I was like, I'm not going to go hunting around, so I'll have to check the dirt. Exactly. It's a nightmare to find stuff if you're just surfing the web, right? Yeah. This this app's really cool. Um, somebody in Portland turned me on to it nice. um, a couple of years ago. Well, it probably solves the thing. You, you don't need to, you know, you don't need to know all the names of all the camping areas to look them up. It's sort of, you know, it's nice. Yeah. Cool. When I go camping, I stay at this great place. You guys have probably heard of it. It's called the Marriott. <laughs> <laughs> That's not camping. <laughs> There's an indoor pool. The courtyard is camping for, for Scott. <laughs> right. There's, you know, room service and. You know, there's a yeah. Starbucks right outside. I mean, that's it, right? Anytime you gotta, you know, put clothes in a bag. As far as I'm concerned, that's that's camping. So, um, so that's what I what I would consider. I, I was talking to Colin. I don't really have any good ones as far as technology. I guess so. I live in the suburbs, so I'm surrounded by you know other houses and in everybody's home like right now. So so everyone's there and. You can tell people are looking just for excuses to get outside and just do things, you know, out in the yard. And kind of the constant, like, buzz in the background is, is somebody is cutting their grass, using a leaf blower, doing, you know, something with some loud machinery. And it's just, it, it, it's it's it, it's kind of white noise, but it's kind of annoying because it's like, you know, the best part of the day where you just want to kind of just, like, sit out and have a glass of rosé and you've got... 
you know, the guy next to you, you know, going circles in his, in his John Deere. So um, I have a, um, a Bluetooth speaker that I, that I bring out, and I, I use that to help kind of wash out um, um, some of the noise. So I would say that's, you know, as far as outdoor being just outside the door, because we're at that point where it's getting a little bit humid here, and it's actually pretty, pretty humid in New England um, today. So the windows are shut, the air conditioning's on. Um, and you know, the, the problem with having a great in indoor sound system is that as soon as you shut the doors, it's not so great on the outside. So having that, that Bluetooth speaker that you could go to, so you can have, um, you know, your, your tunes blaring, you know, that's, uh, that's good. My other outdoor, I, I, I don't know, I should probably let someone else go, but the other one that I've been using a lot of is my chainsaw. Well, actually, a chance, oh, a chance. Go oh, ahead. Hold on. Oh, yeah. okay. Ooh, ooh, I wonder oh, you... what chainsaw is. All right. Mine, mine is also audio related, so let's tag on that um, before we get to chainsaws, because um, now, now I'm jealous. Um, I've, I also um, picked uh, outdoor speakers. I didn't pick Bluetooth. Um, I like to entertain outside. I like, you know, just sit outside with by the pool, um, and I, I want to have, you know, music around the pool and coming from multiple different directions. Um, you know, I've done uh, mounted speakers over the deck by the house that are wired to that to the house system, the Sonos. Um, but I really want to have outdoor speakers that can can reflect that. And so I'm sort of venting tonight. So I'm going to be the, the curmudgeon tonight because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to vent about outdoor technology, I decided. There are, first of all, Sonos does not make an outdoor speaker. Why? No freaking clue. Uh, you would think it's something they would they would do relatively easily. Um, Sounds like they need a good product manager over there to <laughs> figure that requirement out. <laughs> you rubbing it in, Scott? No, good. I'm sorry. You know, I applied for a job with them and got rejected. That, that did you? Brilliant. Oh, yeah, yes, that's right. We yes. did talk about that. Yes. 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 Well, that's it, so. If you were there, they'd have an outdoor speaker yeah, for sure. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah so, uh, so they have. They, yeah, they don't have an outdoor speaker, and in general, there are no good. I mean, there's finally good outdoor speakers starting to come out, but again, they they require wi-fi and connectivity and it's just um, and so i'm going to go into my second rant before we go back to change scott which is it's sort of related is general wi-fi outdoors i find challenging as well um and so the the wi-fi um you know just trying to extend my signal out uh you know out to the to the yard has been challenging the well, uh, well have, for First off, how many acres do you consider your yard? Because you've got a pretty big yard. No, I just meant the the the, the fenced in area, which is probably and still half, that's a pretty an, big yard. Half an acre, half an acre. Right. I but could land should... an, I could land an airplane on your driveway. Oh that's yeah, no, no I, joke. I'm just concerned about the backyard, not the front yard. Oh, okay, backyard, all right, yeah, just okay, the just the backyard. Um, and and can't do it and struggle. And last year went and got um, Orbeez. Mm -hmm. um, which are a mesh network because they make outdoor models. And I was like, great, they'll mesh in. And for some reason, the Orbeez don't seem to work well outside. The first one lasted a season, um, put it out again this season, and it's been flaky. And it's actually, because it's a mesh network, every time it resyncs, it takes down the entire network to resync it, um, oh. which is really challenging when you're on a work conference call or something and sheltering at home and need your freaking internet. Yeah. Um, so downsides of mesh networking, or at least that implementation of it, um, bought a new one two weekends ago, put that out, um, and it's okay, but the default setting for it was, was to not to communicate with the rest of the mesh, but was to communicate with the, the router itself. And so 
Um, it gives good bandwidth that way, but it has limited rent. You have to keep it sort of close to the house, which means you can't actually get it far out in the yard. Um, and then if you switch the setting, it gives you really limited bandwidth because it's going to the mesh. So I've just been struggling with it. You know, I just want to put up a giant antenna and irradiate my whole backyard in, <laughs> in 802.11 signals. Um, so I've been, I've been struggling with Wi-Fi. You might as well just start running cables. That's your, yeah. get, you, get yourself a, a ditch witch and just start, you know, laying uh, fiber optic cables in the backyard. That could be the next uh, the next stage. Yeah, actually, I could I could do that because I have a little gazebo at the back of the yard. Could run and already ran power to that. Could run, um, you know, cable to it from the house and then put, use that as a big antenna. Hmm, interesting. Uh, yeah. yeah, but you would over architect it because that's the way you are. You would go more than just a, you'd have like a T3 connection with you know dark fiber <laughs> running <laughs> with repeaters and all kinds of stuff in there because why not, right? Yeah, and then the gazebo becomes this dope DJ booth, right? <laughs> oh, that's an idea. That's yes. an idea. That's an idea. <laughs> or it could be where you set up all your servers to go out there and do all your cryptocurrency and, you know. <laughs> you really use it to... stop spoiling it, Scott. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I'm reaching on that. But you know he's thought about it. I know you've walked into the basement and said, you know what? I could put a bunch of servers in here. I'm too lazy. I'm some, too lazy you know? to do that. I'm too You're not going to mine for Bitcoins or anything no, like that? No, I, I want to earn my money the hard way <laughs> <laughs> with my own blood, sweat, and tears, unfortunately. I think that's the secret to my, to my career, quote-unquote, success is I want to earn everything the hard way. How's that working out for you? <laughs> <laughs> it looks pretty well to me. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's not bad. I'm... I'm a middle manager. <laughs> this month. <Yeah>. Yeah. <laughs> virtual. Yes, very, very virtual. So, Melissa, before we get to the, the super macho topic of chainsaws, what's your second outdoor tech? Um, I'm, I'm going to go with another app because a, a lot of my outdoor tech is, is more like, mm -hmm. you know, uh, portable in, mm -hmm. inflators and stuff. So, um, so the other app is called the Trail Link, and this is one I used all the time when I traveled. Um, Trail Link is, is done by the Rails Trails Conserv mm -hmm. Conservancy, and what it does is when you go somewhere, it'll find all the trails near you via GPS. So, so it uses GPS to see what the nearby trails are. You get pictures and maps of the trails, so you kind of know how long you can go down this trail, if there are any street crossings. All these things so so you can say okay this is a runnable trail this is a bikeable trail um this looks pretty safe what's it rated what kind of surface is it if it's asphalt or gravel or whatever it's amazing so i used to use that all the time but of course shelter in place i'm using my local trail but uh definitely one of those apps for for those who love to be in the outdoors and explore new trails and places to um to exercise or just walk and, and get a different view of the world i am i second that i'm a big fan of it as well i've been using the rails to trails website um and the app as well again particularly for biking use it a lot when i moved here to ohio to figure stuff out and i've used it in california when i moved there to figure stuff out so yeah it's it's really recommended and it's actually surprisingly easier and better to get started with that than it is with the strava routes yeah. And if, and if you've ever used the Strava routes, you know, I think I tried. 
Yeah, they, yeah, they, they tend to be scattered and short because it's based on their segments, which are not always contiguous. So, you know, you sort of have to do the piecing together. So if you're in an area where there are trails, it's an easy way to get started, particularly if you're traveling. Yeah, totally, totally support that. Yeah, I've had never, I've never really had much luck with looking up any like kind of like those trails or routes or anything because it's just even when I, even when I have one and I look at it, it's like okay, here's where I go and I kind of have sort of this mental picture of what I'm supposed to do. I always get lost, right? Where you know I'm, I think I'm on a trail and all of a sudden I look and I'm like, you know, in the back alley of a Walmart with you know like. A, <laughs> <laughs> not that this has ever happened, you know, back alley of a Walmart with, you know, um, you got a big fence with uh, barbed wire on it and you're like stuck and it's like, okay, I don't think I went the right yeah. way. So the yeah, I've never help. had, I, the, the pictures help, but like, it's just like when you get going, it's like, okay, I, I think that's, you know, it, it's, I don't know. There's, if there were like breadcrumbs, then then I could follow the breadcrumbs, like physical breadcrumbs. That would be, you know, so you more. So you want an app that's gonna beep at you and tell you you're still on the right path. Basically. Well, I want, I I would like that, but like it has to be like accurate. I'll do what it tells me to do, and if I trust it, I'll follow it. But you know, it's even like with Waze right now. You know, ninety five percent of the time I'll trust Waze, but every now and then it'll have something and I'll be like, mm, I don't, I don't think that's right, and I'll, I won't trust it. And um, and sometimes it's backfired, but usually it's it's kind of worked out where, you know, it'll say, well, if you go this way, you know, you're going to you're going to lose two minutes. But, hey, it's a one hour ride. But like, I'm not going to be driving through somebody's neighborhood, you know, over some dirt road or anything like that. But, you know, out in Ohio, that's pretty normal. Right. Dirt roads are all over the place. So you just kind of bomb through them. Right, Colin? Yep. Yeah. Waze <laughs> is a mess in Seattle right now. We've got our own kind of sectioned off zones and stuff of the city so it's uh it used to be really awesome <laughs> i've never been a ways person remember, remember the good old days where you did, like would you have to get a map you had, the you had to print them out remember you had to print them out map quest just turn by turn right. directions on the on your passenger I seat just right, got right, rid right. of my giant like waterproof road atlas right <laughs> <laughs> the one that had like all of it like in a giant you know what i'm talking about the giant yep. book where yeah <laughs> just and got it, rid of it and it's funny like you know a lot of a lot of you know people that you would consider not to be kids that are you know like functioning adults the concept of having a a map a paper map is something it's like a newspaper they've heard of them They've seen them on, you know, old movies, but they've never actually used one. Matter of fact, you two, I think, were with me when we were at a sales meeting in Boston one time, and we had a millennial who had joined, and she had left her phone at a restaurant, and she had to go drive back to the restaurant to pick up her phone, and she needed to get the directions. And so she said, well, I can pull them up on somebody's phone, but can you send them to the hotel so that they could print the directions. And I said, well, why do you need them to print them? She said, well, I can't remember all of that. And I took out a blank piece of paper and a pen, and I said, you can write them down. <laughs> oh, yeah, I could write them down. Never even thought of that. So it's, it was like, <laughs> it was, It's amazing, that was, though, like, if you've never dealt with it. I was, I was talking to my son today. Um, the 11-year-old was talking to me, and he's like, do you remember when you used to put like paper in a little plastic thing and then put it in a thing and then it would fly up this tube and go somewhere? He didn't even remember it was the bank, y'all. <laughs> it's like there was a magical tube that took your paper somewhere. And I'm like, yeah, 
those those things don't really exist anymore. Well, they exist, but like they're not really in use. They're not something yep. that that you get to see anymore. And I'm like, your kids will have no idea what that is. And he looked no. at me horrified, <laughs> like like I'm gonna be old one day, and these things are gonna disappear, and nobody's gonna have that kind of context. <laughs> yeah. It was amazing. Yeah, the, the, I I was always fascinated by the pneumatic tube. Sort of, I guess they're they're early email, right? Basically, in some yeah, ways. they're fun. Yeah, uh, my 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 dad was a journalist, as um, folks may not know in the podcast, and I remember going. He was the weekend editor, so we would spend a lot of time with him hanging out um, in the in the in the slowed down newsroom um, in downtown Chicago, and they had you know into the eighties and and they had um, pneumatic tubes for sending copy up and down to the various departments, and I was just always fascinated. But same thing, I was fascinated. It's like it we didn't it disappeared. It's like oh my god, you know. It was very Willy Willy Wonka esque, you know. I was like remember, you know, I was like yes, it's like, like yeah, yeah. And it's so, so sad that. You know, they're not really used anymore. They're just kind of disappearing, but they're amazing. <laughs> now now I want to put one in my house. I want to put pneumatic tubes in my house. I don't know what I use them it. for. I, I also want, the other thing is like, I also want a dumbwaiter in my house. I think those are fascinating too. I've always wanted one of those. Yeah. How many floors do you have where you need a dumbwaiter? <laughs> just Does two, it but matter? it's fine. Yes, exactly. Just when throw you, stuff out the window, it's the same when, thing. When you come of. from Costco or the liquor store, and you've got to carry two to three cases of alcohol down the stairs to the basement bar, I just want to put them in a dumbwaiter and push them down. Yeah. Ah, uh, yes. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so. It, that, I, whenever you say, when you, I have this image of just being in college and being on, like, the fourth or fifth floor and bringing a keg in and hanging a rope off of the balcony and hoisting up a keg into a dorm room. This was back when... You know, it was like not quite legal, but it wasn't necessarily frowned upon because it was pretty much everybody at the time. But that was, you know, those were the animal house days, like almost literally when I went to school. So. We never did that. We found ways to smuggle them in sort of back and side doors um, covered up. And then we would put them in the bathroom in, in a shower stall and close the curtain. <laughs> yeah, we were very crafty. Yeah. Oh, how, what did you do? It was female dorms. Like. Oh. So where'd you hide it? The bathroom in the shower like the bathroom in the shower see yeah. so so that right there i get it it's easy it's convenient but that's the first place like so i went to i'll just say a state school i don't want to throw any, anybody under the bus mm-hmm. so that wasn't going to fly because that was like too obvious so what we did in my room is we had bureaus and what we did is we opened up the drawers and we ripped out all of the drawers so there was nothing in there except for the plates so that it looked like the drawers were closed and we put the keg inside there so anytime somebody would come in it's like they can't go through your bureau to start looking at your stuff they'd be like well we don't have anything in here and they look in the shower and they look over there it's like yep there's nothing here but that's where we would put the keg we would put it inside we ripped out the anyway look where that got me right and then you get oh, well, pretty good. <laughs> hidden underwear. Yes. <laughs> yeah. This is what happens when Melissa's late for the call because now I'm like, you know, three half quarters in the bag. into my. Well, not half in the bag, but like, now I'm telling <laughs> war stories from, you know, literally the 80s, mm-hmm. right? As we're sitting here mm-hmm. drinking. I'm sorry, you know what? y'all. It was keynote day. I should have. Yeah. I should have. No, it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> so so it, it's alcohol related, so it's good. It's, we weren't. I don't think we were, any of us were drinking wine then, but yeah, it's. Well, I'm still, I'm still like shocked from, from something. So I was, I don't know, I was killing time on TikTok the other day. And there was somebody that posted something and said, 
Take the year that you were born and count how many decades since the year that you were born and how many decades have you been on this planet? And mm-hmm. I did it, and it was seven. And I'm like, mm-hmm. holy F. Seven de- seven, And all I can think is 70 years. It's like, oh, my God. So the, now I have that number in my head, and I'm just, like, really, like, freaked out about it because I don't, like, what did you have? How many columns? Seven as well. Seven. None of us need this kind of negativity <laughs> yeah. in our lives. Oh, no, I, I get the first one just by a, by a hair. So Crush me, which is why I was looking forward to the podcast. And I was like, I need a uh, vent. Um, no, so uh, all right. We ready for the chainsaw? Yes. I was going to say go for chainsaws. All right. Here's, here's the chainsaw. So the great thing about having a chainsaw is like, you know, everybody needs you. Because no one wants to get a chainsaw. Actually, they all want a chainsaw, but they're afraid to actually own and operate a chainsaw. So I got my chainsaw, I don't know, several years ago. And I remember when I went to go get it, I didn't go, like, to a Home Depot or a big box or a chain store. I went to, like, a place that, like, specialized in, like, you know, the, the, the outdoor. This is where, like, farmers go to get tractors. And I went and I talked to the guy and I said, look, there's only one thing I care about when I get a chainsaw. Only one thing. My only use case is... The thing has to start because there is nothing more embarrassing when, like, someone calls you over and you're the guy to come there and rescue them because you're going to cut down whatever it is in there because you're the guy with the chainsaw and you show up. And worst case, it takes you a long time to start it and you flood it and you got to wait and all that. But but best, you know, best case is, you know, you're sitting there and you're chugging away at it and, you're, you know, you're like, it, it looks like you've never run a chainsaw before. I said, I want something that three, four pulls maximum, minus 20 degrees, this thing has to start. And the guy says, I got the chainsaw for you. And so I I got this. It's a Husqvarna, and it is rock solid, and it is so easy to start. It's, like, almost idiot-proof, and it's the best feature I like. And, you know, anybody that calls me up, I don't want to necessarily do the work, and I'm afraid to, like, hand over ownership of the chainsaw because, God forbid, someone else gets gets hurt but i just like going over there and i'd be like yeah here i am i work at tech you know i'm I'm, you know got an office job i don't spend much time out in the wild take out my chainsaw put the thing in you know check the check the chain bar oil and put the fuel in and sit there second third crank that thing fires up and they look at me and they're like holy shit this guy knows what he's doing and then like it's after that i'm done you know i'm like i got the chainsaw blade rubbing in the dirt there's sparks flying out everything <laughs> smells like you know burned <laughs> just everything is like burning. i don't know what i'm doing and i keep the thing as far away from me as possible because i don't want to get hurt by it so i'm actually very scared of it so i try to you know only do like little things and i won't do like big jobs but I just love starting it. That's my favorite part. It's just the feel of that second or third pull because I know, I know it's going to start, which is awesome. So that's my, that's my <laughs> toy tech. I don't know. That's why I asked if it needed batteries or if I could take gasoline next week because that's like my favorite thing. And I wish I could use it more. Sometimes I, I just feel like I want to go outside when my neighbor's out there and he finishes cutting his grass. And now he's sitting out there with his family and he's having a beer. I feel like going out right on the other side of it, just starting the thing up and revving it at full throttle and just sitting there and just looking like, you know, from, you know, um, Friday, not Friday the 13th. Um, which one's Texas the one with the chainsaw? Chainsaw? Texas Chainsaw? Yes, yes that one. Right. Um, yeah. Goodness. What yes, is the amazing that one? would be. Evil Dead. Like, that would be. <laughs> so anyway. <laughs> we can go all day. <laughs> So not, not, not to necessarily use it for anything, but just the, the feel 
of when that thing fires. It's great. So no, I, I am jealous. I um I I have been eyeing a chainsaw myself, and I'm going to take your input into it. Um, I bought one a few almost ten years ago at um uh, when I first moved to Ohio and got a large property, and I bought one at a uh, garage sale a friend of mine was having it was his one and it worked and it lasted two years and it died um and uh, i it's sitting in my garage i'm trying to decide to fix it or not so i think i'm just going to buy a new one and go because my mom had two trees that fell on her property um over the winter and she of course called for help i'm like uh, i don't have anything i can help you um so she called her other neighbor and he came and got them and then i helped carry them off the property <laughs> Um, we actually gave them to the to the neighbor who who cut it down because his wife is basically a pyromaniac and has a bonfire in the backyard every night. I would love That's to the other thing is like that. everybody seems to be burning around here every night. Everyone's out there with their in their fire pits. You know, yeah. You know, there's, there's nothing else to do, I guess, especially now with the with the weather getting nice. But. Yeah, but I think I think a chainsaw is like a couple of things, as Melissa pointed out, um, like a truck. Um, I have, you know, if we all we all have trucks, and you know, we, it's are, not we that we all, all have trucks. We all have the same truck. We have the same truck. Yes, oh, coincidentally. Yes. <laughs> coincidentally. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was actually just called upon yesterday to haul furniture for for a friend of mine. Um, um, so, some interesting purple leather couches. <laughs> purple leather couches. Yeah, they're they're on my Facebook. Take a look. I, uh, I've got to. I've been yeah, they're actually a little better looking than they are in the, in the twilight photo. Um, the, are the, they purple's, I, the purple's a little brighter. Are they in the gazebo yet? No, no. I'm. I picked. I picked them up for a friend um, from another friend, um, and I, I still have yet to deliver them to his house. They're still in the bed of the truck in the garage. Um, because um, by the time uh, didn't get started late last night because of storms, and so by the time I went, I drove the thirty miles to pick up to them. I wasn't. I just wanted to like get home, maybe done, and and go to bed. So yeah, but yeah. And the other one I find too is yeah that people tend to call and to use a lot as a pressure washer. If you have a pressure yes. washer, people want to use it. Yeah. I I tell everyone that I borrowed mine. That <laughs> 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 I can't like. <laughs> Like I'm sorry. Like when I when I use it, it's something I borrowed from somebody else. I can't I can't lend it out. Is it, <laughs> Even though I can help you with that. <laughs> is it gas or electric? Mine is gas because oh. it was sold out of electric at the time. But I'm glad it's gas. Yeah. So so I have a theory about people that have gas powered power washers. Mm-hmm. You buy a gas powered power washer. You, you're going into the you're going into the place to buy it, and you're like, okay. What if I'm in like the middle of the woods and I have like I don't know a body in the trunk and I need to spray it out and there's no power? I might need a power washer for that. That's where this gas power washer would come in awfully handy. That's my theory. Yeah, I live in the Pacific Northwest. I'm surrounded by evergreens that like to dump their sap all over my basketball court in the backyard. And every year I try to clean it off and with with the electric one that I used to borrow from a friend, it was a full day event just to clean that little section of what is essentially patio with a basketball hoop, right? And with the gas-powered one and a little um, attachment specifically made to deal with um, flat surfaces and porches and whatnot, it's like three hours, maybe. Yeah. And that's if I'm very detail-oriented. So... I'll I'll take the gas one and be happy. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah, not... I I generally prefer gas outdoor um, you know tools uh, you know 
edgers uh, you know I, I may live with the even i just got a new hedge clipper that was gas as well because i think there i'm not enough of a clutch like i'm always afraid i'm gonna gonna clip the wire <laughs> as, I'm, as i'm spazzing out in the yard i've but, clipped the wire several times and i support this decision yes but I, I i want the power and i want the flexibility um and i think it's you know it's worth dealing with the the occasional pull and looking like an idiot while you pull four or five times scott for that um because, because you're only doing it in the, in, the, in the privacy of your own home you're not showing off your big power tool in front well of that's the thing is you get right the whole the whole audience so my, my problem with the power washer by the way is, is i try and stay away from them because like the OCD kicks in because now it's like okay I'm just going to use this for the deck and say so, oh the deck came out pretty good what else can I use this on and then you know the next thing you know like you're you're in there and like you're power washing things that aren't supposed to be power washed like you know exposed wood and it looks great like when you first do it and then you come back and it's like oh my god what happened here right it looks like you know someone rubbed acid all over it and everything's like shredding and falling apart so I've learned my my lesson that I I have no control when it comes to the power washer, so I try and I try and avoid that. I, I the hose, the garden hose with a with a good you know um, um, nozzle on it. That's as far as I'll go because more power than that, it goes right to my head and I start be, becoming destructive. So I try to avoid it. Nice. <laughs> A collective nice on that one. No, it, it is a bit addictive. I mean, like I said, I, that addictive where, oh, it suddenly becomes clean. You're like, oh, you know, and you can go do everything else. Yeah. It's like, hey, these windows, they have pollen all over them. Ah, I don't going to take the screens out. I'll just spray right through the screens. And next thing you know, it's like, what happened to the screen? Oh, I don't know. It must have got really windy. Windows clean, though. <laughs> windows clean. <laughs> <laughs> right yeah. down to the vinyl. That's like, hey, wait a minute, where's the vinyl? It's right down. There's yeah. aluminum here. I know there's aluminum. It wasn't when I started. I don't know what happened. <laughs> the windows clean. The decks clean. The back patios clean. The trucks clean. The cars clean. Everything's clean. Yep. It's very clean to be outside, including off the ground, including any <laughs> paint, any all the painted surfaces that weren't meant to be clean, but we're just like, hey, I'll clean oh, these while I paint. That's okay, right? <sighs> God. Well, we're coming up on time relatively quickly. Um, this one went a, quick. Yeah, this is say it went quick. Yeah. We had a great conversation. I was, yeah, I was impressed. Yeah, yeah. Um, we, we, it's a good chunk of time. Um, well, you know what? After we stop recording, we should just keep carrying on with the conversation. Totally. So go on the uh, the director's cut. We always so, do, Scott. Shh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right now. Why am They're I secret podcasts that? that people only get when they send us wine. Ah, <laughs> okay. okay. Well, you know, people, people oh, said more wine. Oh, so by the way, I have an issue I'm going to take up with you publicly. Go ahead. Uh -huh. I know where it's coming, and it's – go ahead. I, I, I deserve it because – go ahead. Go ahead. So, so uh, just backstory for our listeners. Um, several days ago, Melissa oh. send, sends out a, a, <sighs> an iMessage and says – because I don't deal with the green bubble people generally. <laughs> um, um, but um, my good friends all have blue bubbles. Uh, Melissa sends out an iMessage and says, oh, who do I have to thank for the wine? Mm -hmm. um, and um, I don't know anything about it, so I stay mum. Scott chimes in a few minutes later. Oh, it was me. No, I never said it was me. I never, never I, I would I never admit that. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah, nope. he never admitted. Oh, you never admitted. But it was him. Was it you, Scott? No, oh, I, I, I forensics. I, I don't. I, I I cannot confirm or deny. I if wine was exchanged, then you know that's 
That's stuff that happens. Why was but it? You need, why was it? You were each drinking on the last podcast. So 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 here's so here's here's why you got the bottle of wine because we we the collective we Colin mm-hmm. and I owed you a bottle of wine because you named the podcast and we right. had talked yeah. about that. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. I knew that I knew that that was hovering and I knew it was in the back of your mind. It's like he's never gonna get me the wine. He's never gonna get me the oh, wine. Shit. It's like. All right, I'm gonna get her the wine, and I and I and I and so it's all right. So I sent you the wine. Did you drink the wine, by the way? I drank the wine. Of course, oh, did I you, drank the wine. Did you drink it as soon as you? Weekend. Did you drink it as soon as you got it? I waited a day, and I waited a day because I wanted it for the weekend. You know, and you didn't so, even snap a picture of it. I was like, I wonder if she drank the wine. It's probably like, all right, all right, you drank also, the wine. I definitely drank the wine. I did not snap because I had an awesome weekend. <laughs> <laughs> it was the kind of awesome where where um where we didn't want any witnesses. Let's put it that way. <laughs> like... <laughs> so, did you enjoy the wine? You've had that wine before because I know we've been together and we've drank that. Yeah, we were all together and drank it. I, yes. I thoroughly enjoyed the wine. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, good, good, good. So anyway, so that was that was reason. That's the reason why you got the wine. The reason why you didn't get yours yet, and I emphasize yet. Is because you're difficult. Like I can't send you the stuff that you can get on your own. So I have to like, mm. I have to figure something out, and there has to be a backstory, and there has to be. I, I it's the whole. It's not just kind of the 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 wine and the flavor and the whole thing. It has to be the whole experience. So there's got to be a backstory. It's the it's the marketing around that. So that yep. so you, that's a little tougher. So I didn't want to I didn't want to rush that. I have some I have some ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, on that, and I'm just I'm just mm-hmm. waiting because I'm I'm actually thinking that it might not be wine. I have something that I have in mind. I just have to figure out how I get it there, and it's not it's not as easy as shipping a bottle of wine on wine.com. Yeah. So it's a little bit mm-hmm. it's a little bit trickier. So I'm working it. I'm working it. Trust yeah. me. But that, that reminds I, me, I I completely forgot that I had Melissa a bottle of wine, so this I will correct that soon. <laughs> so, so shit. Yay, thank you. And I'm the bad guy. Well, no, no, no. I was saying I was gonna be mad at you. Now I'm mad at you for making me look like a schmuck. <laughs> no, hey, listen. You should have you should have took credit for it. That's what I would have did. If I ever got this random thing, hey, did you send me this? I'd be like, well, did you like it? Yes, I did. Well, that's awesome. I would never say yes or no. I would just be what's, like, that's yeah. great. What's messed up is Scott got a random package and then texted us probably to start this whole thing. Um, and and was like, did you send me this? And I looked at it and it was this cool like mixology type thing, right? And I'm like, no. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, that. I would assume you already had all that. <laughs> I, I, I still don't know where that came from. Really? I still don't. I don't know. I have no idea. It wasn't I, Salona. No, it wasn't Salona. He well, he claims he has no idea, and he's not that creative. So I, I, I if, if he says I'm he has sure, no idea, he listens he has to no this. Idea. He does <laughs> listen to this, by the way. <laughs> no, I the, one the one where Salona gets thrown. The one where Salona gets thrown under the bus. <laughs> um, no, it, it it wasn't him. So I don't know. It's it's uh, the one where Scott throws friends. Multiple <laughs> under the bus. Yes. Oh man. Yeah. Beep beep beep. Yeah. yeah I have I'm I have a, like a page of notes here. We need to get right. those little bus cards. All right. We're on, we're on. So what we should yep. do next time is we should like start talking and then like in 15 minutes in then we hit record because <laughs> then we like get into like the whole, you know this is this is the important stuff that you know people should be talking about regularly right. Um, yeah, yeah. But then again, my bottle is like literally almost empty. Okay. Nice. Cool. So you're the host, Colin. So you gotta you gotta bring this to a 
Well, first, we have to, but before we wrap up, we have, we have to, to decide. Well, we have to go back to the wines, yes. Um, you know, how far, well, first of all, how far are people into their bottle? Ooh. I'm a little, over, no little over half, a little over half. I'm uh, way more than half. I got like. Oh, a... wow, yeah. I'm definitely <laughs> yeah. more than half. I had nice. to look in. I was I doing research while you guys were working, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was it was a very hard week, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> like sixteen hour days and this this little this little rose with yeah. a hint of peach. It's like a peach spritzer. It's very nice. This yeah. was it's... a solid selection, by the way, Colin. I will tell you. you that. No, yeah. Just figure out you know me, broaden people's tastes and expose them to something they might not ordinarily try, right? Nice. Oh wow. Nice oh, for the last you that's just it. Finished it. Son, I did? Wow. I did. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't start drinking while we were waiting for your Melissa. I, I had a few sips, but I wasn't starting to drink. But, yeah, uh, I didn't but. start until we started the show That's either. Fair, yeah. Typically, you were I'm going to finish this tonight. I'm going to finish this when we hang up. But <laughs> yeah, but, same, um, same. But if memory serves me correctly, Melissa, you are hosting next time, correct? Am I? Because Scott hosted last week. Uh, Nope. Oh, no, Melissa was last week. Oh, sorry. Yeah, so oh, Scott. Scott. Oh, okay. That's right. Okay. Oh. Sorry. Look at you. I don't send you a bottle of wine, and all of a sudden, now you're trying to cut me out of the act. <laughs> you just skip him. Yeah. <laughs> try, try to already skip me. No. That's that, me. That was just me being this brain dead. This is fine, and, Scott. And, yeah. What would you like to um, suggest for wine? All right. So I have... I have my list here because this is the this is the one thing that outside of the chainsaw stuff, this Ooh. is like stuff I put serious thought into, right? So what I'm thinking, so for the, the discussion next week, and we, we touched on it this week, and I, I was glad where the direction went um, because I think you guys are going to like this. And, and what, what, I, what I would like to propose that we cover next week is we talk about old school tech. Talk about the things that, you know, we that came into our lives and were like, game-changing, amazing technology enablers that today, when you talk about them, people are like, what are you, what are you talking about? What is, what is that? And I'll give you an example, right? So I remember when I first went into, into the sales organization, you know, there was, you know, in order to do a deal, you had to, you know, FedEx something out and they would sign something back and they would FedEx it back and then you could go ahead and book the deal. So it was always like a three-day turnaround in order to get anything done. And then, and then this thing called the fax machine was introduced into the world. And it was an amazing game changer because you could literally take something, stick it into this thing, send it in there, and you would wait. And like a minute later, the thing would come back. And it was like the most unbelievable, amazing piece of technology. It was like, this is, this is a game changer, right? That's an example. So these are the things that we'll cover about. So it gives us and, the and opportunity. A, and, a, and a fax will get you a girlfriend, by the way. All right, so go so, ahead. We're way past our time here. Let's cut out the first we're 10 rolling. minutes and go right to <laughs> roll, this. Roll tape. So roll there's, tape. A, there's, a story, there's a story here where my brother had a girlfriend when we were living in Moscow. And the girlfriend... Oh, my God. Here we go. We the, don't girlfriend, have... <laughs> the girlfriend dumped him for a Korean businessman who bought her a fax. Really? Wow. Yes. <laughs> so. Nice. So okay, so this is a great topic. I think yeah. we'll all have, yeah, we'll have good examples. But but that's that's the topic I think for for the next podcast is you know kind of old school technology, you know what came in, why was it so cool, and then it became completely irrelevant because you know something else you know sort of sort of changes. So this will give does us it have to, does it have to does it have to like, become irrelevant? It doesn't have to become irrelevant. No, okay. no, it has to. I would imagine evolve over time. 
Uh, but no, it, it it's whatever you want it to be. But old school technology, yeah. right? Cool. It's uh, so great example. And I think to your point is you know vinyl, right? So vinyl, you go out, you buy music, you buy it on vinyl, and then kind of vinyl sort of went away. But now there's a resurgence where you know people want to listen to things on on vinyl because just the I think the nostalgia, but they'll argue that there's you know that audio audio quality of the the popping and the the crackling so and all that, but rawness that's rawness to it. I yeah, yeah. I'm a vinyl fan. So. Yeah. Well, so the thing with vinyl, and I get it, is like you got like the album Stop. cover, and you could see the titles Stop. of all the tracks. All right, so anyway, it, it, it's next an experience. It's experience. Next yes, week. Yeah. Next week. Next it's, week. Yeah. It's an all right. experience. Yeah. All right. But so you're next week. Tell us about the wine. Are we going old school with the wine too? So I had so I'll leave it up to you guys because I had two suggestions for uh, for for wines. The first one was to do, and this gives Melissa an incredible advantage. Is I was going to say we have to do something local. So pick a, a local wine. So there's some stuff out here. I know there's some stuff over you by Colin. So we could do yeah. M- Melissa. It's like you know, great wine out there. So that's that's a layup for for her. A little bit harder to find a good local wine here that's option a or option b which is a little bit harder is to do a cheap wine and when i say a cheap wine you can buy a really good bottle of wine but you can't spend more than 12 dollars for the wine and it could be whatever you want it to be oh, winner God, winner everyone. chicken dinner yes. all right yes. we're going yes. with cheap we're going cheap, cheap wine, wine. Cheap all right wine. So, okay so here's the deal no we could do... farm though no 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 it has to be something you know it has to be we'd recommend yeah. yeah. Well, all right. It has to be something drinkable. How about that? Yeah. Drinkable to the point that you don't feel sick in the in in the morning. And and here's the deal: is Colin drinkable or Scott drinkable? Well, it's got to be Colin drinkable. Scott will drink anything. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like Colin drinkable. Like I don't know that I can find one. <laughs> it is. It is definitely doable. Yes. Okay. okay. All right. So <laughs> under twelve dollars. So twelve dollar bottle of wine. No more than that. And you have to share the retail price for that. Mm-hmm. And whoever has the least expensive wine wins. And I don't know. We'll have to figure out what that person will get them another bottle of wine because it's under 12 bucks, right? So yeah. we could, we could yeah. do that. But we'll come on. So that's so that's the idea. So we'll talk about you know old school technology in the next uh, in the next mm-hmm. uh, episode, and we'll do cheap wine. Cheap wine cheap being wine. anything under 12 bucks. Perfect. Nice. Solid. Awesome. awesome. So we, we have a plan. Thanks, everybody, plan. for joining us. Um, we ran a little long, but I think we were having a great time, so I hope you did too. Um, I'm Colin Gallagher signing off. Over to you, Melissa. Thank you, thank you, thank you. As always, highlight of the week. Peace out, everybody. Peace out. Good wine, good tech. <laughs>